Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So this is the fourth episode. Again, uh, really appreciate you guys continuing to to listen in. I hope that you guys are entertained and enjoying it. In today's episode, we're going to go over Tamar and the case of the pseudo-incest. <laughs> it's a, a kind of fascinating crazy story uh i really so tomorrow's uh of course i mean we're only four episodes in the first now female of the bible that we're that we're gonna focus in on and she's 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 a badass in her own right i i really respect her for for going after and getting what she wanted and or well or what she knew or thought she deserved and, and going after it, no matter what it took, there are some other females in the Bible that I think are at just, they did, they did more stuff, you know, they saved lives and they, whatever. And Tamar was a little more, a uh, smaller scope, uh, in what she did, but, you know, fighting against the, the, the patriarchy and, and the established ways of the day. I really, yeah, it's it's, just, it's a cool story, and we're gonna we'll get into it in a minute, and we'll get into it. So, but of course, this is the show where I drink too much. So let's talk about that. <laughs> I was going through. I'm a little bit low on inventory in my home bar. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to drink for tonight's episode. So I kind of was bored with some of my options, and I kind of like was looking through the back of of my cupboards. And I, I stumbled upon, I don't even know when I bought it. I think it was like three or four years ago, to be honest with you. And I found this bottle of uh, E&J brandy. I believe it's like a, like a under 15, like it's like a $12, $11, 12 bottle of brandy. It's not, it's a value. It's a, it's a value <laughs> alcohol, but it's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's actually pretty smooth. It's, it's good. I, you know, you guys know me. I think at this point, from the from the long history of the three previous episodes you've listened to, but I'm a, I'm normally a whiskey, scotch, bourbon type guy. I, I love that that family tree. And brandy, while it looks the same as as those, uh, the same caramel color, you know, it, it to the naked eye it would seem the same. It's actually very different. Uh, I do like it though. I actually like it a lot. It's 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 smooth, it's sweet after dinner type beverage, which I'm at right now. So it fits in perfectly. It's also good to to do neat like you would a whiskey or scotch. But it's neat because so our whiskey and and scotch and and, uh, and that tree, they are they are made from grains. So the you know the corn barley and that type of thing is is the source kind of material if you will to to create that. Whereas brandy though is none of those. Brandy actually comes from grapes or, or actually from wine. So it's even though the end product looks very similar to each other, their ancestry if you will of the of where they came from is, is very different. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of and I I'm, if you are an expert on alcohol and, and things you might cringe at my extreme oversimplification but 
think of kind of whiskey if you just this is just for people that just don't know anything just trying to wrap your head around it a little bit don't quote me at a bar or anything like that to people and try to sound cool um whiskey and that whole that whole family tree of that are kind of like kind of a little bit sort of like if you took a beer and then took it the next step further and distilled it and put it in barrels and aged it whatever and then did your thing and then and then then you would have you would have a whiskey or, or scotch or whatever depending on what you started with and where where in the world it was from so but like kind of like imagine like a, like a beer that's distilled and you know in oak barrels and all that kind of stuff whereas brandy is a wine that was distilled and then you know kept in oak barrels and all that type of thing it's it's just it's a neat it's a neat process i really think it's cool reading into it and as i don't know i I just think this i think this is super neat and and educational i don't know if this is 100 percent true but what i read was that brandy started because back in the day when they were shipping wine the wine was the thing to be drinking everywhere they were trying to cut costs and and they tried to kind of reduce if you will the wine right try to take some of the water content of it out you know try to like uh and i think it's i believe it's what brandy brandy stands for like is dutch for like brandy wine or whatever or something like that which is a different word that means baked or or there's another another term i can't remember but it's it's the idea i think was to to take wine reduce it that way it's it's takes up a space right so you can ship more of it or ship it cheaper or whatever side of the coin you want to say and then when it arrived at the bar or pub or whatever wherever it was going from the ship then they could just reintroduce that water to it just like you would like concentrated orange juice right you go in the frozen section and grab a canister of that you dump it in you pour some water in you shake it up boom there you go now you've got now you've got orange juice for you know much cheaper than i guess what it costs to get actual actual orange juice same type of idea is what the plan was but when when people got it when it came to the point of putting in the water they either forgot or they just did not do it because you have now this reduction so you've got this this alcohol content that's now way higher uh, as i can imagine than what the original wine was supposed to be. So why would you water it down? Let's get fucked up, right? And so uh, they just started drinking it as it as it was. So just, you know, scooping out orange juice concentrate right from the little tube and like, nope, this is what I want. This is great. Give me more of this. That's, that's kind of how Brandy got started. Of course, I got better. And the Brandy we have today, I'm sure, is nothing like what that thing was. But that was the history of how it started. And I think it's super cool. A lot of people don't know that. Anyway, I just I, I think it's a neat story. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay, so that's the that's the alcohol portion of the show. Again, I'm drinking, you know, EJ Brandy. It's doing the job. I'm super into it right now. And not at all upset that I found it in the back of my cupboard. And I might buy more in the future. Uh, again, we're not sponsored or anything. So this is all just me talking. As I would a friend. So... Anyway, so let's get on to Bible stuff. That was that was the alcohol part. Let's talk about Bible stuff. Let's talk about Tamar and the case of pseudo incest. So this happens in Genesis chapter 38. So this is right in the middle of the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors. If you're at all familiar with well the story, I mean it's it's one of the 
kind of more famous stories in the Bible, you know, Joseph and the coat of many colors. If you ever went to Sunday school or have any kind of history in, in the church, you probably heard it. You probably kind of know what, what that's about. If you haven't, but you know about Broadway or know about things, there was the Technicolor Dreamcoat, I think it was. I think that was what it was called. That was a big thing. That was kind of a play on the idea. I've never actually seen that, so I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, I know that that's a play on Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors. I'm not sure how. I think it was. Was it the Osmonds? State? Not just the the whatever. It doesn't matter. The Technicolor Dreamcoat is definitely a play on the Bible story. I don't actually know the plot of that production there to comment on it, and I just wasted. Uh, good bit of time talking about something i know nothing about but anyway so it's a big story in the bible joseph and and the coat of many colors and his whole and his whole story his whole lineage i really actually can't wait to talk about all that there's a lot of great stuff and we're gonna we'll definitely be getting through that later but this is right in the middle of it and it's really weird because so so joseph was a little a couple little spoilers or little teasers for when we fully get into it but joseph's dad had like a like a bunch of kids like a shit ton of kids he was the favorite and there's a part in the joseph story where he disappears he goes missing and everyone thinks he's dead his dad cries and tears his clothes and yeah it's, it's a mess and and that's the end of the one chapter and then the next chapter genesis 38 picks up right here with tamar like nothing happened you're just kind of reading it and like what wait wait what i was really into that story what what just happened it like <laughs> like we've seen tommy weissel's the the room i mean that whole movie's kind of a what is happening right now but like when lisa's mom announces that she's got breast cancer and you're just like what what's happening right now and then it never gets talked about ever again that's kind of this that's what's happening in genesis 38 with tamar it's just in the middle of a very big important story we're not quite sure why it's there maybe at some point i'll do a big study and figure out if there's like a big lineage thing that she's a part of that i'm just not aware of at this moment but it, I, I, it feels out of place but it's also interesting as shit and i want to i want to talk about it so so anyway so without further ado story of tamar so with Tamar, we start off again right after the last chapter. We ended up with with Joseph disappearing, and we pick up here, and then we've got so uh, Joseph and that whole thing. So one of his older brothers, I told you, you had a bunch of them. One of his older brothers is a guy named Judah. Judah was one of one of the better guys of of his older brothers. Actually, kind of went on to be pretty important in his own right. Uh, it's kind kind of super important actually. It's kind of curious that this is a story that revolves around him. Judah is, if you've ever heard of of like the Lion of Judah, things like that, if you ever were exposed, this is that Judah. Let's let's get into the story of him. A little, I mean, not the full story of him, but anyway, after after Joseph disappears, and this will all make more sense later when we get to this that part. But after he disappears. Judah leaves kind of his family and kind of does his own thing for a minute. And he goes off. He gets married to this Canaanite woman. And with her, he ends up having three sons. He's got his first son, Ur, his second son, Onan, and his third son, Shelah. So Ur, Onan, and Shelah. And 
he goes out and and I mean this is like we're talking years, right? I mean, like twenty years, something like that at this point. Um, that that Ur grows up and has become the appointed age that one is ready to have a wife and judah finds him a wife and it is it is tamar he finds tamar to marry her and they get married and they're married and at that point before they can have a kid or anything god for some reason it doesn't say why it doesn't say what he did god gets mad at him and decides that Ur is evil kills him <laughs> he was evil and or no wicked he was wicked in the lord's sight so the lord put him to death and that's it that's all it says we don't know why maybe he was maybe he was a total dick and he beat tamar i don't know or, you know, or maybe maybe he just didn't tithe correctly i don't i don't know what constituted him being wicked and and god wanting to kill him but that's what happened and then from there as per the customs of the day because you couldn't just be a widow for no reason or, or whatever. So Judah tells Tamar, like, oh, so, well, now you're going to go be with the second brother, Onan, and you guys are going to do it. And when you get pregnant, you will then, we'll all say and, and name and mark the baby as Ur's to honor Ur and create a lineage for Ur since he died. But go ahead and start, go ahead and start banging Onan. <laughs> And and she's like, all right, gotta do what you gotta do. Onan had absolutely no problem banging Tamar. He was into it. He was not, though, into having a kid for his brother, and didn't want to have any part of that. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming he was just also being a dick and didn't want to help support and raise a child. Maybe he just hated her and knew his brother was wicked and. Onan was slightly less wicked. I don't know. Either way, who knows? This is all conjecture. The moral of the story is he's he's like he knows that when he pops out a kid, it's not gonna actually even be his his. Like it will. Like it's like genetically it'll be his, but he's like, no, it's, my brother Ur is gonna get all the credit for it, and I don't want that to happen. So why every time they were uh how do I say it? At the end of their session with with he and he and Tamar private time at the end of it all he would he would pull out and then jizz on the floor and just and not get her pregnant at all and i guess like the first time it happened maybe it was like an accident they they said it was an accident and then it happened uh, again and again apparently he was not about having a kid for his brother and the lord you know god saw him do that i guess well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig deeper into that, but he he knew he knew he knew he was doing it, knew what was happening, didn't like it, again thought he was wicked and killed him too. So now Judah's kind of freaking out because now he's o for two on sons and them. Every time they sleep with this girl Tamar, they end up dead. So he thinks that she's maybe the problem or whatever. She's got one son left, Tila, and he says that Sheila's too young to be being with a girl or, or being a dad or a husband or anything like that so he says hey Tamar go back to your dad's house and wait there for Sheila to grow up and then when Sheila's old enough we'll come grab you and bring you back and then you can be with him and then you can have a bunch of kids one for each of my dead ki- my dead sons <laughs> and uh, and we'll go from there and she's like alright cool uh, see y'all later 
And so she goes back to her dad's house and lives there. Then fast forward some time, and unfortunately, Judah's wife passed away. Uh, he was he was super sad, of course. And then after after a while, and I said it does say a while after he had recovered from his from his what they say grief, you know, after he was sad, you know, to overcome his sadness, he went on a little vacation and he took uh, his his friend uh, Hira. He took his friend Hira, the Adulamite. Uh, took him with them, so they, you know, went on like a bro, a bro vacation, a little bro trip. They went out to where this the city called Timnah, where they were. That's where they sheared his sheep. Judah had a bunch of sheep and everything. This is where he would go to to let them shear them for him. So he goes on a little bro vacation. So they're on their way there. Word kind of got to Tamar that Judah was coming to her village. But also that he had no intention of giving her Shalah or giving her to Shalah or whatever, Sheila, or whatever. How do you want to semantic say it? She's like, I guess it had been long enough that she's like, yeah, that guy's old enough to be like a husband and have kids now. What's the deal? So she heard that that he was coming and she changed her clothes i don't i don't it says it, i think it says it took off her like widow clothes i don't know how long she'd been wearing widow clothes like it must have been it must have been a minute so i mean god bless her and sticking to her customs and all that but she took all those off and then put on i guess some more like sexy stuff and like covered her face and went and sat out by like the gate to to timna and then as Judah came up, he saw her sitting out by the gate or whatever, wherever she was at. And he thought she was a prostitute because her face was covered. I guess that's how you how you know. <laughs> he had no idea that she was his daughter-in-law or anything like that. But he, I mean, her face was still covered. So one, that helped him think that she was a prostitute. And two, her face was covered. So he didn't know who she was. So he's like, hey, let me hit that. She goes, okay, what, what, what are you going to give me? What's in it for me, right? And I guess they didn't have a, a big, like, table of fees uh, for services rendered. Uh, so she's like, what, what will you give me? What will you give me to sleep with you? And he says, I will give you a young goat from my flock. Goats are huge in the Bible if you haven't picked up on that already. He says, I'll, I'll give you a young goat from my flock. And she goes, okay, but how do I know? Well, you could just say that, and then we could sleep together, and then I'd never see the goat. Like, you don't, where's your goat now? I don't see no goat. You ain't got no goat. <laughs> and she's like, I need something. I need you to give me something now so that I, and then, you know, to hold on to, like, consignment, you know? Like, it, like let me hold on to it now, and then when you give me the goat, I'll give you back your stuff. And, you know, give me a, a pledge. And he said, okay, it sounds fair. What, what should I give you? And she said, oh, give me, give me uh, your seal. And I think that was like a ring and your cord. It's either, I don't know if that was a ring or maybe like, like a wax, like seal, like to say that it's you. I don't know. They didn't really use signatures or debit cards back then. So they would do, I don't know. <laughs> she said, give me, give me your seal and, and your staff, right? Give me all that. Give me all your, all those stuff, all those stuff that are very, very you, right? You know, so, so it's no, we know that it says, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I really want to sleep with you. So here's all my stuff. And they and they did it. They did the deed. She ended up becoming pregnant by him. He got her pregnant. One done. Right off the bat. He didn't know it at the time. He had no idea. But that's just kind of a little spoiler for later. Then then he left and she left. And she took off her, you know, she got back to her house. And she 
took off her veil and her sexy clothes and she put back on her widow's clothes again and went about her daily life like nothing had happened but she got what she wanted she was finally pregnant then so finally so so judah gets back to his place or whatever he sends a young goat with his friend what was his, what was his name like Enon or whatever the the adulamite guy right so the guy the oh hira hira his bro for you know, his vacation bro and he sends him back with the goat to go meet with her so he can get his, his shit back right he's like i need, I need my staff I need my you know my my sign or my ring or whatever so this guy goes back to where she was at with the young goat to trade and he's looking around for her. he doesn't see her anywhere he's like i don't like she was right here and so he starts asking people like hey where was that hoe that was right there you know uh where's the prostitute that was hanging out and they're everyone everyone nearby is like we don't know what you're talking about like there are no prostitutes around here like and like we would know um, no, they're like there's there's never there's never been a prostitute here. We don't know what you're talking about. And so this poor guy, he's like, I brought this goat all the way here. Um, I, I'm trying to help my friend out. He's like, I don't know what to do. So then he goes back to to Judah, and he's like, I I don't I didn't find her, and I talked to people, and everybody said there's not any prostitutes here. I don't know what to do for you. And he's like, just let her go. Let her keep the stuff. That's payment. If we dig into it any deeper or we try to figure it out, it's just going to become embarrassing. And I'd rather just keep it like under the table. And like, it's it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. All right. So he lets it go. And that's it for a little bit. Right. And then three months later, and uh, Judah gets word, he gets a message that his daughter, they still, you know, I guess considered his daughter-in-law, Tamar, was guilty of prostitution and as a result is now pregnant done 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 so he loses his shit and says bring her out here or uh, not out here but bring her here uh she lived back in a different city but anyway bring her here and have her burned to death excessive right so he says bring her here and have her burned to death and they went and grabbed her and they brought her back oh as they're uh, so they're bringing her back they go and they grab her but like while they're bringing her because it takes some time right this isn't you know they don't have cars right it takes uh, it takes a while she sends a message like ahead of her right she sends a, a faster message than what she travels gives them like a like a care package if you will gives them you know a, a box before she even gets there he goes and it says i am pregnant by the man who owns these things then like then ps or whatever see if you recognize whose seal and cord and staff these are and of course he opens the box and he sees all the shit that he had given to her so many months previously and it all comes back and he says i actually like this quote she is more righteous than i since i would not give her my son sheila and he did not sleep with her again and that's the story like they didn't burn her they didn't do anything they didn't harm her they didn't do it they like she had actually as actually miracle of miracles like i guess sort of like it was some it was some session they had apparently because she actually got she had twins from from that session with judah uh they were named i think i have it written down here perez i guess he was spanish <laughs> one was perez and then the other one was zara and there's this whole like cute see little story of like 
one like stuck his hand out and they deemed that one like the oldest one and they tied like a little red thread on his hand or something like that and then when he like pulled his hand back into the womb <laughs> then the other baby like like came out so like if you want to count like heads coming out or taking your first breath the second you know this one uh zara was no no uh no that was perez perez was that one Perez was actually kind of like the older one in that regard, but Zara was the one that had the scarlet thread on his wrist, and his one, you know, he stuck his fist out first, so I guess he won the title of the oldest. Anyway, so she had two kids, and I'm not sure what their history are. I have to look into that, but that's the story of Tamar, who at that point had slept with three, both both the guys she married, the guy's brother, and her father-in-law, and then had twins by the father-in-law by tricking him into thinking that she was a prostitute but she got what she wanted she fought the patriarchy and and did what she had to do i don't 100 percent agree with it all but i understand that they were different times and you gotta do what you gotta do and i admire her resolve to getting what was owed to her and that's the story of tamar so I think we're going to switch things up a little bit on the next episode. Next episode, we are going to go over my top five favorite verses out of context. I might find a shorter way to say all that. Maybe just my top five favorite verses. But there's some really, really fantastic one-liners in the Bible that I think a lot of people don't know about. And I think people do need to know about that don't that won't make a whole big story in and of themselves. So that's what we're going to do next time. So come back later for my top five verses and I hope you have a, have a fantastic day and cheers.